set the tone. Please record your podcast. When you are finished, let the fans download on Spotify and listen to the latest episode. Welcome to episode 34, the Thanksgiving edition of the Set the Tone podcast. I am your host, Tony. You can follow along at setthetone underscore pod on Twitter for some randomness, some thoughts. Again, that is at setthetone underscore pod on the Twitter app. Twitter app's been fun over the past week or two. We don't need to get into that. We can save that for the drunken conversations at the Thanksgiving table. I will not share my Twitter opinions. I can share my thoughts on Twitter. Would that be share my thoughts on Twitter? Share my thoughts, comma, on Twitter. Grammatically speaking, I'm not quite sure, but it's early. I can either be your coffee on your commute to your Thanksgiving dinner that you're going to love, that you're going to detest, or... I can be your tryptophan on the way back from that commute that you lament or you feel like you're in pretty good spirits. So that is what takes us a minute into this podcast. We could break down your favorite Thanksgiving sides. I could break down mine, yours, because, well, you could tweet at me and tell me your favorite side. That would be a little bit helpful. A little bit of interaction with the listeners would be good. Thanksgiving for those. Now, this is an international show. So to those that are not celebrating, I hope you're enjoying the World Cup as I am recording South Korea taking on Uruguay in what I guess is the mess that Qatar. Here's what I don't like about the World Cup. A couple things. We'll start with the soccer side. As an American who spends a weekend watching American football, called in this context, and this is more so me, but watching combat sports, I watch guys routinely get punched in the face, kicked in the leg, brutally tackled into the body, right, and then get up and have that next play mentality where they continue moving forward. My big issue with soccer that I have is the flopping, and this is an every four-year diatribe that I go on, but I forget what day it was. Thursday, probably Tuesday, when did France play? A Frenchman was avoiding a slide tackle, was not touched, and goes down in excruciating pain, amputated his leg on the field. That part might be an exaggeration, but what was a bigger exaggeration was the flop itself. He then used assistance to get off the field by going around, uh, putting his arms around two I guess trainers on the team will call them, and limps off with zero weight on his leg. Now, as I record this, a Korean player, okay, someone stepped on the back of his heel. And now I'm trying to watch and break this down in real time. He's holding. He has a mask on, kind of like fan of the opera. means there's a broken nose in play here. So he's got a mask on. He's holding his ankle. Will they... Okay, he's rolling on the ground. Listen, it was not a bad jab step. I get cleats hurt. It it effing hurts, right? I'm not denying that. And... Seriously, the acting in this, you would think that the Golden Globes... 
I think that's the thing. Oscar? Is Oscar the one? The Oscars. That's the guy. You would think the Oscars would pick some of this up. Don't they do something for best document documentary? If you put a World Cup spotlight documentary and fed it into the Oscars, right now this guy's up, he's good, put his shoe back on and get out there. Come on, buddy. This is the benefit of two TVs. Now I have Good Morning Football on the other one because we have three Thanksgiving games we have to break down. Okay, now the guy's running around. Yep, walk it off. He'll be good. Nothing to see here. So the point of it is a little it is a little much. And I get that there's some gamesmanship, but the amount of guys I see that roll on the ground and completely take themselves out of the field of play, when you think that if you could somersault of sorts, do a little barrel roll, just get back up and start running, you might be able to make an effort on defense. Instead, lay there, play the woe is me card, and I have no interest in that. And the other side of Qatar that I don't know. We know Qatar is not the most ethical country that is out there, that they did a few shady things to become host, what they've done with pulling the plug on Budweiser, what they have done with sponsors or uh, bands that people are going to wear in Team Germany, uh, or what Grant Wall has done in American Soccer Reporter. Uh, They're not letting him wear his rainbow shirt in. We understand Qatar is not a good country. So we do have folks out here that they're now now they're bashing guitar. If that's the ground that you want to stand on, don't watch. Because we knew this going in that it was not a pretty scene, right? We talk about the white elephant stadiums that are popped up and the amount of people that die in production of these stadiums. It's gruesome, it's not pretty and I mean, FIFA is very dirty. So if we want to go ahead and talk about live golf the way we did for months on end, that some of us still do, and hold the ill will against live golf, then I do not want to see you make a tweet, make a comment about watching a soccer game in the World Cup. Because live golf respectfully there you could say there's blood money attached to it outside of that i don't know that there are pimple on Qatar's fanny and fifa as to what has happened to get this world cup to play not to mention we've had to move back the start date of it a few times so it was just a little annoying to me this whole Qatar thing and now people want to bring bring it to attention it's a little tired, right? It seems like it's a little clickbait worthy the way people are going to attack it now. But that's just me. Again, it's Thanksgiving. These first six, seven minutes for those for those who aren't celebrating, for those who are, let's have a day. Let's watch some football. We have a good three-game slate in the NFL. And for those who are not celebrating, happy Thanksgiving to you, right? This is a very uh, inclusive holiday. Anyone can celebrate, party, right? Have just a damn good time with family. So enjoy the World Cup. Parlay this thing, though, into a 12.30 kickoff between Buffalo and Detroit and then a 4 o'clock kickoff with the Giants and Cowboys and the nightcap, New England and Minnesota. 
I like the Lions in the early game. The Lions have made a little bit of a 180 here. Since the Miami game, their defense has decided to come around, make a few big efforts, and now they're on a bit of a heater, a three-game winning streak. If we go back to, oh, I can't remember, maybe it was week two, three, the Lions were playing the Vikings, and I sat behind this very microphone and said, the Lions have been competitive in divisional games, in many big games. Now is the time to show that you belong. I don't want you to be competitive anymore. I want you to win a game. And they blew a game against the Vikings. Little did we know the Vikings would go on the run that they have. They are a, now a two-loss football team. Very good in their own right. What, eight and two going into Thanksgiving week. But the Lions have now finally made that turnaround where they have beaten the Packers. And the defense has stood up with a big-time effort through this all as well. The Lions have also gone ahead and beaten. If I have to stall here, I will because am I going to recall who the Lions have beat in the other two games? No, I'm not going to. So that's where I'm just going to have to use a cheat sheet here and let you listen along for about five more seconds because they beat the Bears in Chicago where Justin Fields is on his way to Canton if you listen to some people talk. And they beat the Giants as well, two road games. Right. They be, I was on a plane back from Seattle watching the line and they drummed the Giants. Now, Justin Fields put up points on this Lions defense, but against the Packers, a nine-point performance from the defense. Against the Giants, an 18-point performance. And let me say this, a it was 18 points does not do justice for what that Lions defense did. Or I'm sorry, that Lions defense did to the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley looked like the Saquon Barkley of years past, and a lot of it has to do with being hit five years five yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's what I saw from that. I mean, they absolutely dominated up front and did not give the Giants much of a chance at all. And that was something where if they can carry that on a short week, that type of effort, and create problems for Josh Allen, who, well, let's be candid here, has not been the Josh Allen of MVP caliber the past few weeks. Now, that can come back at any time. We expect many players to just have a little dip in performance. That's natural. But the way the Lions are competing, the way the Bills have, I think, struggled to close games, gives me a little bit of hope for Detroit here. Plus 9.5 at home. They have a little bit of juice going. They get Josh Reynolds back on offense. I like the Lions to cover. Would I be surprised if the Lions won? Yes. Shocked? No. They have a chance, a legitimate chance. And in an NFC, the Lions have a big opportunity here to take a step forward. If we look at the NFC standings and just take a look at the playoff picture, right, and how the seedings kind of shape up and rank, the Giant, the Seahawks hold on to the seventh seed at six and four. Commanders six and five. Falcons five and six, Lions four and six, Packers four and seven, Cardinals four and seven, Saints four and seven. That's who we'll consider in at this point in time. But with seven games to play, you have one, two, it will include the Seahawks, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, all within a two game window. 
Then let's not forget the Giants are at 7-3, a little tailspin. Puts them right back in the mix. San Francisco currently holds first place over Seattle. Many people seem to think that San Francisco is going to run away with the division. For whatever reason, I'm not necessarily sold with that narrative. But the addition of Christian McCaffrey has seemingly done wonders for that team. Jimmy Garoppolo has been the quarterback that the San Francisco 49ers exactly would like him to be. So we factor that in. And they seem to be, in in many eyes, a Super Bowl contender. People are going to hold... We'll talk about the Vikings, and I guess we can get... I think they... Listen, I think they beat the Patriots. I like the way the Patriots are competing. But, ah, hang on. It's an 8 o'clock game. That just changes every single thing I was going to say. Give me the Patriots to win. Give me Bill Belichick to outcoach Kevin O'Connell. It's an 8 o'clock game. Kirk Cousins turns into a pumpkin... We know how that goes. Uh, but Kirk Cousins did turn into a little bit of a pumpkin against the Cowboys last Sunday, a 4 o'clock slated game. And people are going to put this as an indictment on the Vikings that they're not for real when just seven days earlier they went into Buffalo, came back, won a tightly contested game that required a fourth quarter and overtime effort out of this world. So how do we go in within a week kind of dismiss the Vikings? I don't get that. Especially when we see statistics and we know how teams perform after an excruciating overtime win. There's typically a letdown. So Tony Pollard runs all over the Vikings. Okay. It happens. I mean, there are bad weeks. Let's look at the totality. The Vikings are 8-2. and two. They lost to the Eagles early in the season. It was a night game. Lose to the Cowboys. It was a 4 o'clock game. Fine, whatever. This week is where I think you'll get some real, real big drummings here is the fact that it's an 8 o'clock game. We know the Vikings historically don't perform well, but this is a chance to show something. Right, This is the chance for the Vikings to say, we are not the same old Minnesota Vikings. We are an absolute contender in the NFL, and we have aspirations of playing in a Super Bowl in February. So the Vikings have a really big spot to prove something. And I don't think they do, because I'm, until I'm proven wrong, I'll bet against them. But, nevertheless, they sit at the second spot comfortably, Right now, in the NFC playoff picture, uh, a game back of the Eagles. Well, I guess we'll factor two two games back because the Eagles hold the tiebreaker over them at this point in time. So I expect a Vikings letdown, but I'd love to be surprised. I'd love to see on a short week have that relief pitcher mentality and another day. Back in the bullpen, you have to go out and we have to go execute. The Giants and Cowboys, both 7-3, and three, is the 4 o'clock slate. Boy, do I love this game. Do I love this game? Because now with Dak Prescott back, Tony Pollard running very well, the Odell Beckham rumors to Dallas seemingly every day that players are putting the strong arm recruiting to OBJ, they want the man to show up, I think his old team puts a statement. I think the, and this is what's fun for Brian Dable and crew. 
How do you respond after taking it on the chin at home? You now go on the road in a divisional game, Thanksgiving Day, in a marquee spot. I think four o'clock. the 4 o'clock Cowboys game is more marquee than this new 8 o'clock game that NBC gets. That's just my opinion. I think some others might share that same sentiment as I do. But when you think Thanksgiving, you think two things. You think the Lions, you think the Cowboys. The Lions typically seen as a laughing stock. That's not the case anymore, but it's going to take a few years to get a little juice around a 12:30 Eastern game. The four o'clock game where some folks might be finishing dinner, some folks might be sitting down at Cowboys halftime, or it's the last thing you do before you start a late dinner. And then by the time you get to that eight o'clock game, most folks are winding down, falling asleep, too much turkey. But I Speaking of turkey, talk sides, did I whip up last night, and this will be eaten today, but a phenomenal cake. We'll call it Thanksgiving cake. So that means it's a secret recipe. Uh, But what I can share with you is that the cream cheese icing that is spread on top, delectable. The stuffing that I made, finish it with the broth in the oven. You cover it. 25 minutes, uncover for 15. Then, this is where the magic comes in. What the recipe book does not tell you. Put the broiler on that bad boy, and that's where you get some crisp on that potato on top. Now, we are cooking. So I don't know how it's going. I did not give it a a taste, to be honest. I let it set. It's in the fridge. We'll rewarm it, and we'll attack today. But I'm excited for these meals that are about uh, about to commence. And then you're going to have leftovers. You take some dinner rolls. You're making good turkey sandwiches. Maybe you buy a little bit of extra cranberry sauce out of the can. Then with that stuffing on top. Then a little bit of gravy too. You're effectively making a Wawa gobbler in slider form. That Michigan, Ohio. Okay, we have college football to talk about. Uh, I like the Giants to win. That is what I like out of this. The Giants to win. Upset on the road. But... You know how you can make, here's a really good idea. If we're talking turkey, we're talking cooking. Michigan-Ohio State is on Saturday. Living in Northeast Ohio, that generates a little bit of juice. This part of the country, this part of the state. We'll have some people over to the house. I think what I do, grab some King's Hawaiian rolls, cut them in half. Instead of making a, depends on how much leftover turkey I have. But instead of making buffalo chicken sliders, I could make a gobbler slider bake in the oven. Turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing. Um, a little bit of gravy, and then you butter the top, right? So those rolls get crisp. Yeah, we just thought of something. Okay, so the hope is to have leftover turkey and I know all of cranberry sauce, the amount of stuffing that I made, I, probably probably enough for uh, maybe next year. We could freeze it and save it. I Yeah, folks, this podcast might be done because I just figured out a million-dollar idea. Now I'm ripping off Wawa, but nobody in Northeast Ohio knows what Wawa is, so we can be good with that. No one knows what the gobbler is. Now, 
the gobbler is up. If we want to talk, not Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving sides, but Mount Rushmore's of unconventional sandwiches, we'll call it. The gobbler is up there. And there's going to be some people, again, this podcast is listened to all over the world, all over this country. There's going to be a portion of this country who knows what the gobbler is. But we were talking, what got me there is Michigan, Ohio State, I think. Or Thanksgiving, I can't remember. But there is good college football this weekend as well. Um, We'll decide the playoff in some spots. At least with this, in my opinion, we're down to five teams here. LSU has a chance to make it into the playoff. Uh, I think USC should as well. But the way the committee positioned LSU over USC, I don't love that. TCU sits in the fourth spot, Michigan in the three, Ohio State in the two, and in the one, Georgia. I think Ohio State beats Michigan. Uh, A lot of Michigan's offense runs around Blake Corum. He's banged up. He's going to play because that's what you do in this rivalry game. Everybody plays. But I do think Michigan's just going to be a little bit. And, And it's funny, too. Just watching Michigan this year, they don't seem like the Michigan of last year. They just don't. And I think they're going to struggle on the road at the horseshoe. And I think it's a double-digit loss, which would exclude Michigan from the college football playoff. Because they're a very different team. right? They're a run-first team now. This is not an older Michigan team that was run by... Um, Chad Henney, Braylon Edwards, Steve Breston, Mike Hart, a little bit before Chris Perry when John Navarre was the quarterback. This is not that team, right? To be honest, if you had a throwback of a game like the 06 Michigan-Ohio State game, yeah, both teams are in. But they're also 1-2 at that point in the country. This is a 2-3. I think this is a loser-leaves-town sort of matchup. And I think it's Ohio State, again, If Michigan puts on a hell of a performance and this is a field goal game the entire way, well, then there's an argument where we're going to use the eye test and we're going to see how does TCU perform, how does LSU perform, how does Ohio or uh, USC perform, and then we'll manage those three teams for one spot. But I think the loser of this game realistically opens up a spot. I think it's going to be Michigan. So there we have TCU. All they need to do is win the Big 12, which it's a tall order for them. But we could get an old TCU familiar face into the playoff here. Uh, The full slate, we do have the Egg Bowl today. Mississippi, Mississippi State. Going back to the TCU game, they have Iowa State. Now it's a 4-7 Iowa State team be a nice spot to put just a little statement on get to the big 12 title game Uh, Oregon Oregon State unfortunately Oregon is done what other games do we have of note Tennessee done after a allowing 63 points to South Carolina didn't know they had a football program but it's a big spot for them and they had a big game on Saturday 730 USC Notre Dame at USC it's a rare, it's a non-conference game for USC. If you go and beat the Brakes off of Notre Dame and LSU, who 
might have to go struggle with Texas A&M on the road. That's the difference. If LSU struggles with Texas A&M and USC drums Notre Dame, who's to say that USC doesn't jump LSU in the following week? Or would the USC... See, this is what's interesting. Based off performance here, the eye test, if USC... Let's say Michigan loses by double digits and USC wallops Notre Dame. Is it possible? Is it possible that USC jumps into the three spot? TCU remains four, LSU remains five. I think it is. There's my bold prediction. That's what happens when we go to this college football committee on Tuesday. That's what we'll see. We're going to see Georgia one, Ohio State two, USC three. Because then you get an Ohio State USC matchup potentially on the horizon. TCU Georgia, or would be the other matchup. TCU stays four, and it's going to come down to LSU potentially be on the outside looking in. Twenty-five minutes in, twenty-five minutes out. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy. This was set the tone.